Hey guys, this is episode number two of the Daily Dose with Rachel, and I'm so glad to see you are back again. Um, Hopefully the first episode wasn't too long and drawn out and boring uh, and provided you a little bit of insight into who I am and where I feel God is leading me. And I wanted to start this podcast really as a way to get to connect with more people. Um, I've felt a calling on my life for a while now, and and I've been really hesitant and scared to really step out and do. And so God has definitely um, taken me out of my comfort zone in this area. So uh, again, I'm not perfect. This is new. I'm learning. And so as um, you hear or think of something that could help me improve, please um, kindly share that with me so that I can update my podcast and and make it better and user-friendly and um, more focused on what would bring more viewers or more listeners, I should say. Um, So we will have random topics of discussion available. You will see me post. Um, on my Instagram and Facebook asking for some ideas and some comments of things like um, your favorite quote, um, what do you believe is some some purchase that you make that cannot be um, not name brand. Like it has to be a name brand product. Um, that That's an idea. Um, we're going to do a series later this month starting about um, for a week, probably talking about the different um, jobs that are available in the workforce that um, have really, really, really been impacted. And I want to have some special guests on for those things um, impacted by COVID. And so sometimes you will hear my brain start to go off and derail. Um, and that is from a sense of I I have so many things happening in my head that it's hard to get them all out and I've actually prayed and asked God to please help me with my thoughts so that I can um, be better a better steward of my time and use them wisely Um, I don't know about you but I kind of feel like my brain sometimes is one of those train tracks that has multiple stations and trains going at different places and sometimes it's hard to stay on one thought and completely finishing that thought without moving on to another. So today's episode I wanted to be really um, careful because I don't want to be um, non-family friendly so I want to make sure that we keep my podcast clean so no obscenities um There will be some hilarious things that probably can be taken out of context, but I want to try to keep it as um, open and honest as possible without being vulgar. So today's topic is um, addictions or strange addictions, and I um, started a Facebook Live earlier, and I was going to have some people come in and talk about what their... um, what they're addicted to and kind of see where they fall. But maybe that's an option where you guys can leave comments and we can discuss that the next time, like kind of have a throwback to some of the things that we've done in the, um, in the past on the show. So I wanted to start with my addiction, some of the things that I have struggled with over the years and kind of go from there. Um, back in 2010, Kirk was transferred from uh, NAS Atlanta at the time. It's no longer a Naval Air Station. 
Um, but it was at that point in time. And we were moving from there to uh, Yuma, Arizona. And when you hear people talk about Yuma, Arizona, you hear about the heat. That is where the Marine Corps sends people go to die. Um, you know, all kinds of funny little things. Um, what we discovered in our almost five years in Arizona was that people were not telling a lie. I do believe that Yuma is as close to the devil's um, a-hole as you can get because it is very, very, very hot there. Uh, Even in the winter, uh, it doesn't really have a reprieve. (laughs) Um, I'll take that back. It does have a little bit, but you get very, very dry in the desert uh, when it's winter. And so lotion is a must. Um, I would, I remember having to put Vaseline on my hands and put socks over them to sleep at night because of how, um, how dry the air would get in the winter time. Um, and so when we moved there, one of the things that, um, you know, I was excited to learn about the area. And one of the things that one of our friends had me try was a, a type of chip that was produced um, by Frito-Lay, like a little sub-company or whatever, and it is called a Sabretones, um, spelled S-A-B-R-I-T-O-N-E-S. It comes in a red and gold-ish color bag, and it is a chili lime puffed wheat snack. And I tried it, and I was like, oh, it's a little sour. It's definitely a little salty. It's got a little bit of spice not too much where I can't handle it, um, but it was really, really good. And so it is now 2022, and I have been eating these chips for 12 years. And when I say that I was addicted, when we moved back to the East Coast um, over the course of like, we came back for a little bit in 2012, we came back in 2014, the very end of that year, first of 2015. Um, And then we've been back to Arizona one or two times since. Um, But in our travels, it's really hard to find that brand of chip on the East Coast. It is really a West Coast thing. Um, And it got to the point one year, I remember, I actually went online to Frito-Lay's website and ordered a case um, because I couldn't find them. And I was desperate because they were my favorite chips in the world. Um, and there's a difference, like, you know, you're addicted to something when you can tell the difference between the bag that costs a dollar 49, um, and the bag that costs $2 and 29 cents and the bigger bag, they are smaller, but they're also a lot more heavy on the, um, seasoning while the smaller bags are larger puffed wheat. Um, pieces that aren't as heavy on the seasonings. And I'm one of those where I don't want it to be overly seasoned, but there is a burnt chip that you can generally find. I kind of feel like it's a Cracker Jack box. You find one of those goodies on the inside and it's like burnt and weird and it tastes really good if you find one of those. Um, But I don't want like the cluster of seasoning because that is just not good. It's gross. Um, Anyway, so those are some weird things about me, about Sabretones. I love those chips. They are my favorite. And I'm trying to break the habit. I try to kick the kick the um, desire to eat those, but it is really, really hard. 
Um, another uh, addiction that I have is chocolate. Uh, more specifically, dark chocolate's my favorite. Um, white chocolate's really good with pretzels, but I love dark chocolate the most. Um, dark chocolate with caramel is really, really good. And um, uh, sometimes um, I will keep some in a little stash in my nightstand drawer. And, and the longer it stays in my drawer, as long as I know I have it, I'm not as tempted to eat it. Um, but that's been a thing in my family. Like since I was a kid, when I lived at home, um, and you probably have experienced this if you're, you have siblings, um, but you would put something in the refrigerator and you'd go to find it, whether it be leftovers, whether it be a Coke, whatever, and it would end up being gone. And you had no control over, um, who took it, why they took it you know, who ate it, who got rid of it, whatever. And, um, and so that was really a hindrance for me. So what I did was I started keeping a drawer of snacks in my bedroom. Um, and what I would do is I would, sorry, I'm writing something is I would keep the, keep keep a drawer full of like little Debbie's keep a drawer with, um, you know, my favorite chips at that time was probably just Doritos. I, I loved Coke. Um, just plain old traditional, you know, Coke. Um, and I would do those things and keep that drawer. And then when anybody in the house would want something, they would come into my room and People would come into my room and they would, um, they would come into my room and they would <laughs> like say, Hey, can I have some snacks? Because they knew that the drawer was there. And as long as the drawer was there, I wasn't tempted to eat it. It was whenever stuff wasn't in the drawer that I was really desperate and I would literally feel like I was eating the house. I don't know if any of you have ever been there um, or had that moment where there's some kind of little snack or little thing that you love. And it's kind of like your guilty pleasure. It's that little thing that sits in your nightstand drawer or sits in a drawer, a space that you keep and, and it's yours. And as long as you know, you have some in there, you're good. But when you know that there's none available or none in there, you kind of panic. And so that was, that was my drawer. And so chocolate was one of the things that I kept in that drawer. And I have gotten better. I, um, don't have chocolate in there. Um, I can't say right now cause I have some chocolate sitting on my dresser. I mean, on the top of my nightstand that I got today, it's called, it's Godiva and it's a chocolate bomb. And oh my Lord, it's dark chocolate. And if you've never had one, you are missing out. They are so good. It's this purple little box of, of deliciousness. Um, but it's like a treat. Like I said, it's one of those guilty pleasure things. You don't eat the, you don't eat the whole package at one time. You just maybe have one every once in a while over the course of a several days or a couple weeks um, because not many come in a box and you want to just savor them. Kind of like Ferrero Rocher, those lovely little chocolates that you want to keep um, 
saved somewhere in their little gold foil so that you can have that deliciousness just a little bit at a time. Um, so chocolate is another of my addictions. Um, another one is books. Um, I don't know how many of you constantly read. Um, as a teacher, I know I should be constantly reading, but I have to say I was happy that I didn't have to read all the time um, because, and not because I teach math mostly, but because I just liked giving my brain a break. Um, I like reading the Bible and I like reading devotionals and I like doing those things. The problem with mine is that I see a book and I'm like, ooh, that book looks interesting. Let's buy that book. So I purchased it from Amazon and and when it gets to my house, I read the first 10, 20 pages and I set it down either on my nightstand or on my rocking chair or on my bookshelf and guess where it stays? That same spot. <laughs> um, I bought that book by Rachel Hollis or whatever her name is that was about, you know, girl, wash your face. And while she has some good truths in there, at the same time, I never made it through the whole book. Like, I haven't read the whole book still, and it's sitting over there. And I even went so far as to buy her second book in that process about the stop apologizing, and I haven't even opened and cracked the cover. I just knew. I was like, ooh, that's a good book. Sounds like a good book. I'm going to buy it. So, books um, are definitely my things, and I'm trying to get better with that one, though. I do want to. Most of the books that I own are books that are encouraging me to, um, you know, consider my thought process or, um, how to build a better leader or how to, you know, um, let's see how to find a game plan for your life or the measure of a life that's transformed or having a divine disruption. Like I have these books that serve a great purpose. I don't want to just be the purpose that they sit on my bookshelf. I want to actually use them and take notes and yada, yada. Um, another thing that I am addicted to is if you have got to know me the past um, ten, nine or 10 years or so of my life, you know that um, I started teaching in 2010. I took a sabbatical in 2012 and didn't go back until the field until um, 2015. Well, I went back in 2013 at the 2013-2014 school year um, as I worked in the library, but I um, went back in 2015 and got a job um, in Georgia and took the TAP program, became a certified educator in the state of Georgia, have also become a certified educator in the state of Arizona. Um, You know, I have all these endorsements of things that I can do. Um, and so teachers have weird addictions. And so if you have teacher friends, you might want to just be interested to, you know, get to talk to them and find out what their addictions are. But one of them that many of my friends have and we share is the use of flare pens. Um, one, because, you know, red ink, ew, and why can't we have every spectrum color that is available in a wonderful flare pen. Um, there are so many different brands of flare pens out there, but I like Papermate. I have so many other ones that are not just the same brand. Um, but I like the colors and what happens is the colors translate on my calendar very differently. And then my 
you know, I end up having scriptures that are all kinds of different colors and my calendars are colorful. And, and so then my life is just full of color and I love it. I love that I get to do that and color code things in my life. It helps me stay a little bit organized. Um, so flare pens, ink pens like that are definitely an addiction. I have a ton. I probably have over 400 ink pens in my life between this little beautiful crystal vase on my vanity to um, two different pouches that I have right here in my room right here. One's on top of my vanity next to my Bible. The other one's right here on the floor next to my backpack for school tomorrow. Um, I also have a plethora of them at school on my desk. So I have a ton of flare pens. Um, you can ask Amanda um, Amerson is her last name now, but you can ask her and she will tell you, oh yes, when I used to babysit Rachel and she was little, she loved lipstick. And I did. One of my addictions is lipstick. Um, if you can find a really pretty shade of lipstick and it makes you feel very pretty and feminine, um, wear it. I remember um, as a kid looking at all of the older photos and older TV shows and older things from um, days gone by, you know, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. Um, one of the things that was really standing out about a woman um, was her lipstick. It wasn't that you noticed um, her body parts as much as you noticed um, her hair and her modesty, how she carried herself, but you also noticed her lipstick. And so in the 80s, when I was little, um, you knew that, you know, what was the biggest thing was big hair, parachute pants, you know, all those things. And so 80s, big hair, parachute pants, and lipstick. And so I um, have got a couple things from Kat Von D. I've got um, some I picked up today called Lick from um, Kohl's. There's other brands that are out there that you can have, and it's not always the expensive stuff. I have some from Beauty Counter. I have some from Walmart. I have some, you know, I have lip pencils. I have all that stuff. I love lip gloss, lipstick. Um, and so I just kind of have always felt that it makes you feel pretty. Even if you might not feel good, lipstick kind of puts you together. And so I have lipstick. Um, two more things I have on my list to talk about, and then I want to know what some of your ideas are. Uh, one is last year, my husband, um, in, I would say in early November, end of October, early November, and I don't mean 2021, I mean 2020, um, I brought up to my husband that I would like a Peloton. And, you know, before I had even done any research on to see what a Peloton cost or any of those good things. Um, my husband was like, heck no, lady. And um, I was like, but please, you know, I really want to be healthy, and I haven't done anything in a while. And, and um, y'all, I've been wanting to be healthy for so many years. I mean, uh, well, well, that's a whole nother day, okay? Um, I really want to do better. And he said no. And so I just kind of, you know, sulked around for a day or two, and then just, you know, it—, it left. I still thought about it every once in a while. I'd see my beautiful friend Natalie doing her Peloton workouts and her rides. And I was like, Oh, I wish I could do that. And then the more research I did on it, the more I found out that Peloton's not just a, 
um, stationary bike. It actually is a platform with an app that has so many different types of, of um, workouts that, that are meant to enable um, its users. And so things like um, walking, running, running outdoors, running on their tread, if you have a treadmill, um, doing things like meditations, boxing, um, taking strength classes, yoga classes, um, Pilates, um, like there's so many different options of things that you can do through this bike and, and the screen moves or you can screencast onto your TV or you can have the app. If you have app, if you have Amazon, you can use the app and play it from any TV. So you don't have to have the stationary bike. You can just use the app and use it with anything that you have. And so I thought that was really cool. Um, and so, you know, he said, no, I kind of let it go. And in December on the 16th, he surprised me. It was delivered to our house. And y'all, I was so excited and worried at the same time. I just stared at it and I was too scared to get on it. Um, because I knew when I had went to CrossFit in Albany, Georgia, um, at 229 CrossFit with, um, my friend Kristen, um, and had amazing instructors, and I loved it. And I, when I was consistent, it was amazing on my body. And I remember how much I hated the bike in CrossFit. And I, because I felt weak when I did it. And I felt like I was never going to get anywhere. So I was afraid of it. For four days, I just stared at it. And then finally... On the 20th of December, I made up my mind. I'm going to go out there and do something. And y'all, I about died. I'm just going to be honest. I about died. But I did something. And it was wonderful. It, I was, I rode. Um, and I don't even remember how far it was. I, it's probably on my profile. I could probably go back and look it up. But uh, I remember thinking to myself that... I'm going to do this. And I didn't do it consistently. I did it maybe a couple times. I took a couple beginner classes. I started out with Hannah Corbin um, and worked on her, you know, beginner's rides. And they were only like 15 minutes. And so I felt like, hey, 15 minutes out of no minutes is, is way better than no minutes at all and or doing nothing. And so um, I started doing that. And then January 7th, I really wanted to get more into my Peloton. And so I joined a challenge. I kept hearing about power zones from some of the, some of the groups that I had joined. And I was like, what is that? So I got, I was fortunate. I found a wonderful team, um, that, that helped me join my first challenge. They became my, um, teammates. They're my corner. They're from all over the world. Um, and they have cheered me on even when people that know me and, and are here with me, maybe haven't. And I can't tell you how much it means to have someone like my sweet friend, Cheryl. She has paid attention to things going on on my, um, in, on my Facebook, not, you know, just more beyond the Peloton. She donated to my daughter's reading club thing they had last year. She, um, she's just, been a great in, um, encouragement and inspiration. And, and she's not the only one. There are several. Um, seeing them and, and being a part of their lives from a distance, um, you never really know how 
truly impactful you are until you can meet people and let them impact you too. And so Peloton, you know, it made me realize I wanted to be better. And so I started Power Zone. I got to meet a um, a coach on there called Matt Wilpers. He's from Atlanta, outside of Atlanta, Georgia. I got to ride with Christine DeCroll. If you've never um, heard of her, she is actually a world champion bike um, racer, and she does the velodrome, and she is amazing as a coach, uh, very in tune um, with her emotional side, but also just very um, uplifting. Um, I've also had the pleasure of, of taking classes and being coached by Dennis Morton, Olivia Amateo, um, and the list goes on. Um, Emma Lovewell. I mean, there's just so many. Ben Aldi's. I can just keep going on. Um, but I started thinking to myself, you know, I want to do these challenges. I want to do things that help me. And so I, I bought a poster that has a lot of their sayings on it. It's in our garage. We repainted our garage, redid our garage floor, all because of what I felt when I was on my Peloton bike. We have, I have one of Christine's um, sayings in vinyl on the wall. It says, just ride the damn bike. And she's, that's the truth. Like, don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about your output. Don't worry about, you know, anything else. Just worry about moving your legs and being on the bike. And for that moment, spending the time doing something for you. And so... I um, have that saying up there. I have one that's a metal sign that says, sweat the crazy out. Um, I don't know about you, but if you've ever, never looked into a Peloton, never thought about it, you know, wouldn't even consider the app, um, I highly recommend it only because, like I said, it has something for everyone. And you're never going to go wrong doing something that makes you feel better. And a lot of times as a mother and a wife, you know, and a teacher and a friend, and, you know, we get to the point where we put all these other people first, but, but dear one, let me tell you, if you don't put yourself first sometimes, then you won't be here to care for those other people. And so sometimes it's important to have that one healthy addiction that's going to, um, going to encourage you to be a better you. Uh, last one I'm going to talk about is um, a funny one. I think ever since I started teaching middle school, it's kind of been the look. I've loved Miss Frizzle, but Miss Frizzle wore heels, and I'm not the teacher that's going to wear heels. One, because we walk on too many waxed floors, and I would be the person that would fall. Uh-huh. And I'm not down for breaking a hip at school. Um, the other thing is I believe in comfort and classiness. And so I started a collection of Chuck Taylors. I love my Converse. I know that there's a lot of political issues and a lot of um, political correctness stuff going on with Chuck Taylors. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's a shoe. I'm not buying their belief. I'm buying the shoe. And while some people will argue and say that, yes, you're buying into something that they believe. That's true, and I will give you that. But at the end of the day, my job is to pray for them, not to completely, you know, um, shun them. And so I have shoes. I have several of their shoes. I have so many different colors. I think I counted before I bought these three new pair that we got over over Christmas, um, and I had 16 pair or, or 19. 
16 or 19. Um, but the good news is they're not all mine. My daughter actually comes in and, and wears them too. So they're getting good use. I love my Chuck Taylors. Um, I never even knew what that was when I was in high school. My parents didn't buy me those things. They, you know, which, you know, I, okay, fine. But I just, you know, never even knew what that was. And, and maybe that's just showing a little bit how sheltered, but it's okay. I have made up for it plenty since I've been in my thirties. Um, so Chuck Taylors are definitely my friends and, um, a weird addiction that I have. So with all of that said, I would love to know some of your strange addictions. So please, 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 please add, um, some comments, tell me on Facebook, send me an email, um, send me whatever, and let me know what some of your, um, strange addictions are. And so that we can share and we will do a follow-up to this podcast later on in the year. So keep listening, my friends. And until next time, have a great day.